Hi guys, this is Una from uok.com.au and remember to subscribe, uh, follow and all of that so you'll be the first one to hear the latest episode and check out my workshop and art and all of that on my website. Today I have Shani. Hi. <laughs> That's uh, right. Pronounced. You did a good job, it's oh, Shani. Shani. Yep. And Shani lives in... Beaconsfield. Beaconsfield. And she has a really interesting place here where she lives. Uh, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, so the first question is, usually people define themselves by jobs and mm. all of that. Mm. Take that out of the equation. Yep. Uh, then who is Shani? It's a very difficult thing to do when people usually define themselves by their job. I call myself a retro suburban. Okay. So what a retro suburban does is they try and set their life up to be as sustainable as possible in preparing for a uncertain future as far as climate change and peak oil, economic issues. So trying to make themselves as prepared as they can for those sorts of things. Wow. Both in their own life and also working into the wider community. Well then Iceland would be a good place because Iceland is sustainable. The Iceland has an incredible reputation for its sustainability. Yes, yes it does. Okay, so how is it being, Shani? Well, right now it's fantastic. Yes. It has been very difficult at times in the past and it's yeah. been fantastic at times in the past. Yeah. But right now I feel very privileged. We were actually talking about it yes. this morning. There's a wonderful book called The Art of Frugal Hedonism. Oh. And I think that's what we've got here. We have a very frugal life, yes. but we have a very hedonistic life. Oh. We have a lot of people that share with us. We have a lot of kind of sensual and exciting things that happen, yes. um, but in a really simple way. Mm. Mm, it's lovely. So uh, tell us a little bit about this little farm place in the middle of Beaconsfield. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, Ecoburbia is a few different things. So yeah. to start with, it's an urban infill alternative. Mm. So what we've got here is an old quarter acre block, a thousand mm. square metres. And instead of subdividing it and building two big houses, mm. we divided up the house that was here mm. and made four tiny houses, mm. really. So tiny houses are very popular at the moment. Mm. This is four tiny houses under the one umbrella, yes. if that makes sense. And you can't move it. And we can't move it, <laughs> no. So that means we have a population here that would be around about the same as if we had two big houses. Mm. And that allows us to have all that extra land for what we call a urban garden. Mm. So we have a lot of food production out the back. We have goats, we have chickens, we're planning on some guinea pigs and meat chickens. And What was the start of all of this? The start, I'll just finish off what's yeah. here first if I can. So as well as those two things, we're also a bit of a hub for the community. Oh. So we run a lot of workshops from here mm -hmm. um, and we do lo lots of free things for the community as well. Mm. So part of Ecoburbia is a business. Mm. Um, and we get paid for a lot of the work that we do. Mm. And we also act as a bit of a hub for the local community, for people who want to experience our goats are about to have babies and there will be a lot of visitors oh. <laughs> when the baby goats come. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
So our motivation was really, I suppose, a concern and probably even a fear about the future. And it's very easy to fall into despair and Mm -hmm. think, look, what can I actually do? Mm -hmm. Um, And so in about 2008, we both started to get very concerned about that Mm -hmm. and decided to make a change to our lives to make them kind of as sustainable as we could. Mm -hmm. And because we're both very um, sharing people and Mm -hmm. we uh, can handle we don't need a lot of pub, a private space mm. so we were able to kind of go out there and share that mm. with others mm. yeah. and so if we would go into your art here mm-hmm. is this the dream life is that the part of all of this well it was funny wasn't it because when you asked me to start doing this yeah. I said but I'm already living my dream life yes <laughs> and so but when you told me about the example of someone who was doing quite a simple thing. Yes. What I have here is in the long distant future, I'm quite content to not know about the future. Oh, yes. I don't know whether it will be a good future. I don't know whether it will be a bad future. I don't have plans for the 10 years, etc. Yes. I know we have created a house where I can live and die here, so yeah. I don't need to move. I have no interest in traveling the world, any of those kind of traditional things. So on one side of my picture, it's all about letting go. Who cares? Whatever happens is the only thing that could have. Hmm. And then there's a lot of kind of jobs and activity in my short term, maybe one to five years part of my picture. Mm-hmm. I am curious about these things. What can we say about this? As a summary? Yes. They're all about being more resilient. Yes. So all of these things are about being more... And I don't like the word independent because Mm. I think that is something we shouldn't be aiming for. We actually should be aiming to be more dependent on people. And that's why here when it talks about the West Beaky Bunch... And that's a new group that my friend and I have started to try and develop more links with the 350 houses around Mm. us. Connect with people. So, yeah, so we knocked on the door of Mm. 350 houses and Mm. gave them a party invitation. Mm. And um, we had a party, 80 people came. Wow. And so and now we have various activities that are for that group of people. So I want to live... In a, in a little community of West Beaconsfield, we're calling it, um, that is linked. So that's a in, interdependent. Because that's the thing with uh, nowadays, people are so disconnected yeah. with each other yeah, that yeah. feel lonely. And, yeah. oh, oh. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So this is brilliant well and that if i look at my picture a lot of it is to do with that so this side here is talking about raising some of the garden that we have so it is the same height as the verge so we can connect to the verge have some gardens there that other people come and have their veggie gardens and um and also connected houselings who are connected to us through gardening, maybe cooking. We're not a good cook, so if we had someone there that would cook for the garden from yeah. the garden a couple of times a week and we could share that. Yeah. Um, we need more time in the garden, and so we're planning both 
more garden space, which will need will need more time. So we're planning to have an even smaller little tiny house out the back uh -huh. for someone who doesn't pay rent but works in the garden. Mm. So, you know, for an hour or an hour and a half every day. Is this both of your dream or who was... Well, it's interesting. We recently sat down and kind of wrote a little bit of a, what our dream was and very well connected. We had very similar kind mm. of visions and dreams for it. So that's really helpful. Oh, that's really cool mm. that you are that um, as a couple. Mm. That It helps yeah. enormously. <laughs> so Tim is down. One of my things is a new bike shed. And once we get the new bike shed, I will be able to have a nursery um, for my seedlings at the mm. moment they're all lying on the ground out there so he is making the bike shed which means the nursery can happen which means we can make more garden space which means that this soil that is used there can go onto the driveway so it's all dependent mm. on um, various different activities happening in order and these here on the right side well I don't know what that is Who knows? Wow. We can't know. From several perspectives, I don't know what might happen with my health. Yeah. I don't know what might happen with the health of the world. Yeah. I don't know. I know one thing, and that is that our economic system won't be able to continue the way it is. Yes. I don't know what that will be like when that happens. Yeah. So this is part of going, I'm not worrying about that. Yeah. And I also have a sort of personality that doesn't work into the long, long term. Yes. So my partner does. Yes. We always joke and say he knows what's going to happen in five years. Yeah. I know what day of the week it is. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit like you in that sense. Uh, I just do one day at a time. Yeah. I usually don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit more organized than that. Yeah. I know about four months in advance. I have But to. But that's the thing sometimes because if I plan two months ahead, then I start getting just anxious about mm. it or mm. something like mm. that. So, mm. and so letting go. Letting go. Um, these little guinea pigs are here. We can't have rabbits. There's a new myxomatosis virus out so rabbits are hard but we want to see if we can start raising guinea pigs and getting a bigger guinea pig so that they're more useful for meat for mm -hmm. people and also some meat chickens so at the moment we're producing a lot of vegetables but we're not producing a lot of meat a lot mm. of protein and mm. we're not we're not vegetarian so mm. that's something as well mm. and I think the last little thing here is about me more personally not so much a little bit about ecoburbia but sharing it Mm. Um, I'm very good at facilitating groups of 50 people, mm. up to 50, mm. but I'm not very good at large groups mm. of 200, 300, 400. Mm. Um, I have given a TED talk, mm. um, but I would like to be more comfortable with bigger crowds. Mm. So that's a big... And you can only really get that by practicing. Yes. So I want in the future to try and get some opportunities to do that. Mm. So if any of your listeners have a <laughs> conference that they want a speaker at, just yeah. let me know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is just your dream life. So it's not any huge, not like going out into space or anything. No, like they're that. very small things. They are small little things that are adding to the ecoburbia. But Probably that, the biggest change is that link into the community. Yeah. We used to live in a street called Halbert Street and yeah. we had such strong links that the street we lived in organized a fiesta yeah. 
In the last year that that fiesta ran, there were seven and a half thousand people wow. that came, and those people in the street organized it. Wow. And so you asked earlier, do you miss where you were living before? Yeah. I miss a community that was connected enough yes. to be able to organize something uh, like that. Yeah. So that was a small number of houses, mm. and what I want to work on now is seeing if we can replicate some of that connectivity. Yeah. Obviously, it's not going to be the same, yeah. but in a bigger kind of area. Mm. What do you feel about if uh, the people know all about you and all about your life? And we have no problem with that. No. So we haven't had an open house here. Oh, we do. We run a tour here four times a year, mm. um, and we had a o- several open houses in Halbert Street, and everywhere was open. Mm. Our bedroom, bathroom had examples of toothpaste and sanitary pads and all sorts of things. But do they know open. about your personal life though? Like, uh, It depends on who it is, yeah. I think. So we have a lot of people who meet us you know, at a conference or a talk and might come around and have a cup of tea mm. and stuff. Um, and they wouldn't know yeah. too much about our personal life or our mental health issues or yeah. any of that sort of stuff. But I'm pretty open about the mental health issues that I have. Yes. I think it's pretty important for people to see someone who has bipolar, yeah. who is operating very well in the world. Yes. Um, because a lot of the time with mental health issues like that, the yes. more serious ones especially, well not, not that any mental health issue is serious or not serious, but you hear someone living on the street or... Yes. presenting an emergency high as a kite or those sorts of things yes. and so you don't often get to meet someone who I, lives a who normal lives, life yeah. and, and what I usually try and do is make sure that the person understands that I live a normal life and sees a bit of that normal life mm-hmm. um, before I will tell them that like it's not like I walk in and go guess what I'm bipolar <laughs> <laughs> you know but if I feel the time is right and yeah. the person is receptive to that yes. I do feel that I have kind of a responsibility yeah. to share that yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I admire that because um, that's why also uh, I I've written a book and all of that, that it's not perfect, but I want to show people that mm. you don't have to mm. be perfect mm. to make things happen. Mm. Mm. It's like when you asked me to draw the picture yes. and I said, if I'd known you were going to get me to do that, I wouldn't have agreed. <laughs> I would have told and Tim I, to, you know, and, and I, I quite enjoyed fun. it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, you're right. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a good process. Most people do afterwards. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'm stoked over this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's quite yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. So before, if we go back in time, how was your life then? We've spoken a little, spoken a little bit about that. All right. Well, I grew up in Canada, and ironically, it was only about five years ago that I realized I had repeated my childhood. Oh. So my father was a teacher, yeah. so I became a teacher. My mother was really the manager and ran a very similar farm situation to what we've got. Yes. Um, small scale, but, um, yeah, very similar oh. sort of setup. And then we moved here when I was 15. Yeah. And I, my first jobs were with people with disabilities. Mm. So I worked for a long time in schools. Yeah. Not a long time, actually. 
I became a principal very early on, after about five or six years of teaching. And my last position was down at Fremantle Primary School. Mm. And I loved working in schools. Yeah. I loved being a principal. It's a wonderful mm. job. And I had a wonderful career as well. Mm. I was quite well respected because I worked very hard. Um, quite re- well respected for my management skills and dealing with people and all of that sort of stuff. So um, I think I told you I had a unfortunate sort of bullying incident yes. that led to me needing to have some time off. Yes. Um, and we were talking about it and you were the principal. Being yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine that. You don't often hear about it. But no. a lot of principals hide very difficult situations mm. or they become a little bit remote. Yeah. See, I was still... Uh, being a principal in a very feminine way, oh. in a way, a very consultative way, mm. and that doesn't suit, and that didn't suit this person very mm. well. So I, t- I had to take some time off, and in that time off, I had, t- I was encouraged to question whether I could imagine a life, which initially I could not, mm. and I was very angry mm. and grieving about that, mm. and still do sometimes. Mm. I miss that enormously. Mm. Um, but then we kind of developed this idea for a business and initially we ran a bed and breakfast and we worked together on doing education stuff and doing a lot of renovations and, Mm. and, um, that life has been extremely different and very rewarding as well. Mm. So I feel like I've kind of had two careers Mm -hmm. really, Mm. um, in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah, my partner has always worked in. He used to be a stonemason, so he's always worked in the building industry for himself. Mm. So he's never had a job for more than three months. Mm. Like the longest contract he's ever had yeah. would have been three months. Whereas yeah. I had had a fortnightly income since I was fifteen. Mm. So we arrived here, and I got a job pretty well straight away, mm. and um, had had the fortnightly kind of. But you guys point. somehow make it all happen. Yeah, yeah. And being, it was a lot of work. 2015, we did a lot of the work here. Yeah. Um, Tim got chronic fatigue, so mm-hmm. he's still suffering with that. Oh. And I think that was basically just totally overwork from managing the major renovations that we did here. Just about every place that you see a wall mm. used to be a window mm. and everywhere you see a window used to be a wall we've, <laughs> we've um yeah done a lot of work has been a huge huge project wow wow but you are living the life that most people would want now that like do you have much worry except for the for the universe Yeah, I would say that is my biggest worry, is not for myself. Yeah. I don't have any children. Yeah. I don't have... Um, I have experienced highs and lows that other people don't get to experience. Mm. Um, and so I, in some ways that leaves me resilient in mm. a way, because yeah. I thought, well, fuck it. I've, I've, sorry, probably can't speak. No, that's all right. <laughs> I, I've gone from here... I've been here, but yeah. it can't get any worse than those two extremes. Yeah. So for me personally, I don't have worries. I mean, I worry about the goat. She's about to give birth. <laughs> and I worry about who's going to do the dishes. And I worry about whether I can get my summer veggies in in time. Yeah. Like I worry about those things. So like cute. a farmer would yeah. worry, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but it's all going to happen either way. 
But it's all going to happen either way. Yeah. And so my only worry is not even so much about, you know, climate change or peak oil or any of those things. My worry is about how people will cope mm. and whether people will join together with that mm. or whether they will split mm. and be angry and aggressive mm. and difficult with each other. That's, that would be the only thing I'd worry about. Mm. Yeah. Well, we have seen much of it uh, that people have been starting to awaken, like they call it. So yeah. more, more and more people are yeah. just sharing the love, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, we just need to do it a damn sight faster than we're doing it, like yeah. next three months. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. It needs to happen now. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, in my mind. Last question is, uh, are you on the path of making your dreams come true and... Yeah, yeah, I think I am. Yeah, yeah I think I am. Yeah. I think I also re- have realized, though, in my life that you can have different dreams. Mm. And you never know when life is going to do something yeah. that means that you have to swap and yeah. change to a different dream. So I think we talked about the fact that both for you and I, we're not necessarily long-term planners. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why, because you have to have some flexibility. Yes. And be very positive in yourself that you can create something, even if it's totally different to what it is that you imagine now. Yeah. And if what if you imagine if what you have now has for some reason been difficult for you or despairing for you or whatever, yeah. you might have a different thing that pops up from yes. that and you don't know what it is. Yes. And that's okay as well. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much, Johnny. You're, you're welcome. It was nice to meet you. Yeah. We'll go see if the goat's pregnant. Well, she's pregnant. <laughs> we'll go see if the goat's starting to give birth. <laughs> yes. We'll do that. Thank you so much. All right. No worries. <laughs> uh, this is Una from uok.com.au. And remember to subscribe so you'll be the first one to receive the latest. And check out my art, workshops, and all of that. And we'll see you later. Namaste. Namaste.